welcome to the Jeremy Mathias Podcast. 2015 just wrapped up, and as I did last year, and something I think would be a sensible tradition, I want to pick a top five favorite movies from the year. I'll also include some honorable mentions, as well as some noted disappointments. If you'll recall last year, I was really excited about how good of a year 2014 was for movies, especially coming off of 2013, which I thought was a really down year. 2015, I think, did a pretty good job following up 2014. I don't know if it was quite as good, but I'd say that it was a year that had a lot of what I would rate as B movies. A lot of movies that were good, even if not great. Now, when I was trying to come up with my list for top five, the first thing I did was try to make a list of all the movies I had seen. I went online, I looked for various lists to make sure I didn't forget any, and I came up with 37 movies from this year that I actually saw. That feels like a whole lot, although, believe me, when you're looking at the list, you can tell there's a whole lot more I hadn't seen, and probably, in fact, some ones that might deserve to be on this list. I'm going to go ahead and say this. There are two movies that I'm really looking forward to seeing, from this year that I still haven't seen because they just came out in theaters recently and I'm not always quick to get to theaters. That's Star Wars The Force Awakens and The Hateful Eight. There's a very good chance when I see one of these two movies or see these movies that one of them will be in my top five, if not both. Now before we get into my favorites, let's go ahead and go with the notable disappointments first and then we'll work our way up to the good. How about that? Start with the ugly, work our way up to the good. First off, Age of Ultron, the Avengers sequel. I've already talked about why I found this to be a disappointing movie, so if you want to hear more thoughts on why, you can listen to my podcast on Mad Max vs. Avengers. Focus with Will Smith. This looked like a movie in which Will Smith was returning to form as just a really charismatic actor in a movie about thieves, uh, heist stuff, you know, that's usually real sleek and a cool genre. And it teased this kind of movie where you didn't know if you were going to be able to trust what was going on and there would be twists and turns. And it turned out to just be a really boring movie. There wasn't a lot to it and the premise was ridiculous and I was really disappointed with that one. San Andreas, which I'm not usually a big fan of disaster movies anyways. In fact, I can't name you a good one unless you want to count like Independence Day as a disaster movie. But it just looked like a big blockbuster type movie and... The Rock desperately needs a defining role. Like, the guy is a movie star. He's been great in movies, but what's The Rock's defining role? He doesn't have one. I was hoping maybe this would at least be a good one for him, but it just turned out to be terrible. Unfinished Business with Vince Vaughn was a very just boring comedy. It wasn't funny. That's the worst crime a comedy can have is just not being funny, and this movie was not funny. Uh, Vince Vaughn hasn't been good since Wedding Crashers, which was 10 years ago. So I think it's time to get worried that Vince Vaughn just might not ever be funny again. That's it for the notable disappointments, though. That's really not a lot. And to be honest, besides Age of Ultron, none of these were really hyped movies that I'm that disappointed were bad. It's more like, ah, I wish these were good, but they didn't, didn't wreck my expectations. Next, I want to move on to a new category I'm kind of creating, and I started to call this maybe guilty pleasures, but they're not guilty pleasures. These are just movies that I think are good for what they are, 
And I think these are all going to be divisive movies, and people who love them are going to love them because they're just like, hey, it's what it is, and I like it for that. And other people are like, I don't like what it is, and that's why I don't like this movie. So these are movies that are good for what they are. Jurassic World, as a ridiculous blockbuster, fun, not very intelligent, not very character-developed movie, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed Jurassic World. I didn't expect it to be... Uh, mind-blowing. I didn't expect it to reinvent cinema the way the original did. It was just a good monster movie, essentially, with dinosaurs as monsters. Point Break, the remake, uh, as insulting as it was that Point Break would need to be remade, if you just imagine this movie is not called Point Break, and you just enjoy it for the, again, stupid action movie that it is, there's some cool moments in it. But I'm going to talk more about this one, I think, in another podcast. So I'll save my thoughts for that. Paper Towns, as sort of a young adult, romance adventure, comedy, movie, whatever you want to categorize it as, it's a teen movie. I thought it was really well done for one, though. It was different than I expected it to be. Um, A little better ending than you would expect in those movies. So I liked it. The Wedding Ringer, as a just stupid comedy. Uh, Kevin Hart doing Kevin Hart things. It was okay. Inside Out probably doesn't belong in here. It was just maybe a good movie, but it's a kid's movie. There's something about watching these Pixar movies that I can't get past the fact that they're just kid's movies. And the emotional stuff doesn't hit me the way it hits some people in this movie. And it bothers me at times that the emotions have all the different emotions themselves. Like, do you just go into their head and see another set of emotions controlling them? Anyways, I'm overthinking it, I'm sure, but it was a really great-looking movie. And there were moments that were really funny, like at the end, the girl bumps into a boy and it goes in his head and the emotions are just running around while the sirens are going off, girl, 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 and they're panicking. That was, uh, that was really funny. Okay, on to the honorable mentions. I have Danny Collins, which was a smaller movie starring Al Pacino, where he plays a musician trying to redefine himself or find himself or something as he also tries to reconnect with his son he never met. It was a good movie that, as a lot of people I heard put, showed Al Pacino still trying to do things as an actor. Also, The Man from Uncle, again, a surprisingly good spy movie. It was fun. The plot's not deep. It's, in fact, just the cliche stopping Soviet Union from getting a nuke uh, spy stuff. But it was executed really well and stylish. Tomorrowland, which was maybe the best-looking movie of the year and was surprisingly fun. Uh was also good one, Ant-Man, uh, the best Marvel movie of the year. Who would have guessed going into the summer, Ant-Man would be a lot better than Avengers, but it just was. It was more self-aware. It was. Uh, it kept itself on a better scale. It was just good. It was Ant-Man was more enjoyable than Avengers. Southpaw was a pretty good movie, and it was a great acting performance by Jake Gyllenhaal. It was just unfortunate for it that it came out the same year as a better boxing movie, but more on that later. And No Escape was a good thriller about Owen Wilson trying to get his family out of this Asian country where some kind of revolt is happening and their people are chasing them down and it's just an intense chase movie. And that brings me to my top five reminder This is my favorite five of the year. It doesn't mean that they're the best five. Movies are subjective. These are the ones I like best. May not be the ones you like best. 
but these are my top five. Now, I also want to qualify this. When I went through my list of movies I'd seen, I picked out four very easily that were going to make this list, and then I struggled to come up with the fifth. So I, I had thought about just saying, forget it, just make it a top four list, but I'll just say it's a top five where the fifth one is a little more of a drop-off, possibly, from the other four. Having said that, I'm going to start at number five, count my way down to number one, and number five is The Gift. This was maybe the most surprising movie of the year for me because I didn't expect to like The Gift. It didn't seem like the type of movie I'd be into. It's not the genre I'm into. Although, to be honest, I'm not sure what genre exactly to categorize this as. It looked like kind of a thriller um, movie with that would have jump scares and that sort of thing in it. But it actually ended up being a really good story and well-acted. Jason Bateman's never been better. And there were twists, but the twists were thought-provoking. And it was just so well-made. I sit there and think, I, I'll probably watch this movie again. I, I like this movie a lot more than I thought it would. It's one of the best of the year. So that's number five. Number four. This movie was the best boxing movie of the year. Sorry, Southpaw. And that's the movie that resurrected the Rocky franchise, which I loved as a child, gave it a whole new spin, a new face for the franchise, Creed. Creed, of course, is the story of Apollo Creed's son. He's trying to make it as a boxer, so he moves to Philadelphia where he unites with Rocky to be his trainer, Rocky moving into the Mickey role. The boxing scenes were excellent. The music was great. It was just everything that a Rocky movie needs to be. Number three, The End of the Tour. Now, this was a small movie that a lot of people probably haven't even heard of. It's starring Jesse Eisenberg and Jason Segel, and it's based on a true story. Jason Segel plays David Foster Wallace, who is an author that wrote this book, Infinite Jest, that was just critically exalted and Jesse Eisenberg plays a writer named David Lipsky writing for Rolling Stone magazine, and he wants to go do a piece on David Foster Wallace, on this brilliant writer, and so he meets up with him at the end of David Foster Wallace's book tour, and it's about the few days they spend together and the conversations that they have. This movie is just largely driven by dialogue, and the conversations are interesting. The characters are intelligent people, particularly Jason Siegel's character, and just him trying to be an honest person so he feels genuine. But the issue is being honest. He just feels like he has to scream out, I'm insecure and lonely and scared all the time. But, of course, if you do that, people think you're insane and, and crazy. And so it's just the delicate balance of trying to exist in the world but not be false but also not be crazy. So good entertaining movie to watch now you want to talk about going from extremes going from my number three to my number two where my number three was all talking in drama we're going to number two all action just pedal to the metal entertainment from beginning to end mad max fury road I think I said earlier, Tomorrowland might be the best-looking movie of the year. Can I take that back, please, and say that Mad Max Fury Road was definitely the best-looking picture of the year. It was just cinematic eye candy. Amazing to look at. The effects were awesome. The action was just so much fun. 
you sit there just going, this is just, this is what summer movies are supposed to be. I'm supposed to sit here and just lose myself in this world and just have fun for the entire time. And that's exactly what this movie was. So much fun, pure entertainment. It was like, it was like putting entertainment adrenaline in the needle and just streamlining it. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but this was just just everything that an action movie fan loves just amped up and and on steroids. So Mad Max was awesome. And that brings me to my number one Ex Machina. Now, the ironic thing about this being number one is I was first intrigued to see this movie because I think I saw an online critic who said Ex Machina might be this year's Snowpiercer. And Snowpiercer, as you'll remember, was my favorite movie of 2014. And here we are. Ex Machina is my favorite movie of 2015. There's a lot of ways in which I understand now that comparison they were making. Both these movies, though not at all similar in plot, were independent science fiction type movies that not enough people were seeing. They were incredibly well made, incredibly well acted, thought-provoking, unique you just didn't know what was going to happen, which is why I was curious. Last year, I had only seen Snowpiercer and all my other top five one time. If I rewatched it again, was I going to enjoy it as much? Now knowing what to expect, and I rewatched it, and I did enjoy it equally so. Again, this year, continuing that theme, each of my movies in the top five, I've only watched once. And so I'm a little curious, am I going to enjoy Ex Machina just as much the next time. Now, knowing what's going to happen, I think I will because the dialogue is that good. The execution is that good. It's a great-looking film. And actually, I just got it and Mad Max on Blu-ray. And so I think even tonight, I'm going to rewatch Ex Machina, make sure that my pick holds up. And that'll do it for my top five movies of 2015. Again, there are still some I need to see that could change my top five. The Hateful Eight, Star Wars, In the Heart of the Sea, The Martian, The Revenant, Spotlight, Steve Jobs, probably others I'm not even thinking of. But for now, that's my top five. Please, as always, let me encourage you, respond in some way in the comment section on the Facebook page. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what your favorites of the year were. Let me know if you disagree with any of my picks. Just let's open a dialogue. How about that? Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. Hopefully, 2016 brings us another good year of movies. (laughs) 